Welcome to tonight's episode of Political Prisoner Radio. Today's date is January 18th, 2015. Of course, my name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind these enemy lines where freedom and justice and liberty for all is a farce and democracy is bought and paid for. Of course, I am joined by uh, my trusted co-host and producer, Sister Amija Whitlock. You want to give a quick shout out to the people? Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. Most definitely. Um, again, tonight it is uh, January 18, 2015, and we want to welcome back to the program Mr. Waylon Gray. Um, he is a, a Muscoop. How I pronounce that? Uh, how you say that, Waylon? I'm a smoky guy from Ojibova. Take a All right, all right. And um, we had him on the program in the past, if you all will remember. Uh, he was facing some charges after he was arrested by the porch band uh, Creek Tribal Police for attempting to pray at the sacred Hickory Ground ceremony uh, ceremonial site. Uh, Gr- uh, Mr. Gray and others were also protesting the porch band uh, Creek's tribe's decision to dig up 60 sets of their ancestors while expanding a $246 million casino. A district court judge found Waylon guilty, so he opted for a trial by jury to right his wrongful convictions of disorderly conduct and misdemeanor criminal trespassing that came about when he tried to pray for his ancestors at the sacred Hickory Ground Ceremonial site two years ago. Um after we speak with Mr. Gray, we will also be talking about some uh, more indigenous oppressed people. Uh, recently, Hawaiians held a protest against the theft of their nation by the United States of America. I have some um, commentary I'm going to share and play a video. And uh, then we'll update you on some of the latest news and upcoming events concerning political prisoners again my name is scotty reed and we want to welcome you to political prisoner radio so Waylon, great news man i heard the news today that uh you were found innocent by this trial by this jury yes that was great yeah uh, uh, you know it was expected but you know you never know we're, we're in alabama and um uh you know um never know how people feel about you, but uh, I feel great about the Alabama citizens and uh, the 12 of them of different races, um, black and white, who uh, uh, teach our, who's supposed to be another tribe, how to be native, you know, how to be human. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's sad. And you're right. Often it's, you know, you're rolling the dice when you go before a jury. And a lot of times these prosecutors you know, they try to coerce you into taking plea deals and whatnot. I understand that they tried to get you to play, take a plea deal, even though you weren't facing time, you decided to stand on your principles. Um, it, for those who may not have, uh, heard that first interview when you were with us or who have not heard about, you know, what is going on, uh, uh, 
you know, with Hickory Ground. Can you just educate people, give them a, a brief update on how this all came about? Yeah, just a quick, uh, brief real quick on that. Uh, uh, 1984, uh, uh, a white man that uh, owned the land, my sacred, sacred land is on and burial grounds in, Al- in Wetumpka, Alabama. Didn't want to pass it down to his kids or, or sell it to anyone because uh, he was afraid they may develop or desecrate it, and he wanted to protect it. So there's on a historical register of historic places, and the state of Alabama heard about the porch band who were not recognized in 84 yet and got with them, which they promised to you know protect and preserve it forever and got a preservation grant from the United States of America uh, to uh, buy it. And um, in 1985, they got recognized, which, you know, uh, protected them from so- on sovereignty grounds from really being prosecuted. And um, they uh, started planning a casino and um, a resort. And in uh I'm gonna say about 2005, uh, whenever all the legal stuff they had going was, was taken care of through gaming, they, uh, started, uh, digging up our ancestors. And, uh, 2012, they finished doing all the digging and, uh, all the preparation for the, uh, casino resort hotel and, um, uh, put the, and put the, started doing the casino and put the remains behind the casino in a mass grave. And the seven chiefs that were buried in the very center of the ceremonial ground that are in the, towards the entrance of the casino, they put back in the ground. Uh, so that's just like a, you know, more or less a, a tourist attraction they're, they're uh, making it out to be. And, um, you know, don't care what we think about it, even though they're not their ancestors or ours. And, uh, you know, the key point is they got a preservation grant paid for by every taxpayer in the country. And they're still getting 200000 a year to protect it. You know, and we see what they call protection. They got a casino and, 21-story hotel and then a resort I'm on the property now. And we went there to, to pay respects to our ancestors and to let them know we haven't given up the fight for them to be put back in the final resting place where the Creator put them. And uh, we were arrested, uh, charged with terrorism, terroristic threats, and uh, uh, disorderly conduct and trespassing. And uh, the grand jury seen the video. Um, and uh, of the arrest, and, and uh, seeing that I didn't say that, that I was going to burn the casino down, which they said, I said I was going to the ground, and uh, pulled out, wouldn't indict me, and then uh, I went to court uh, about a year ago from um, before the conduct passing, where the judge found me guilty. I appealed it, and offered me you know, many plea bargains, plead guilty to trespassing, it'll be off my record in you know, six months, and Got disorderly conduct, no jail time, which I was facing uh, about six months, and um, but I, you know I wasn't going to plead guilty to nothing. So I took it to trial, which was on the uh, 15th, and uh, the jury, you know, less than 45 minutes. Which, you know, they had to take a you know head juror and take their breaks, and so I probably just took a few minutes, and they all came back and voted uh, not guilty, unanimous decision. That was great. Most definitely, um, you know, again, like I was saying earlier, a lot of times uh, people in the criminal justice system or injustice system in America, um, they the prosecutors will coerce them. They will, like you said, you were facing terrorism. They try to charge you with terrorism at first. And so they do what's called stacking charges, throw a whole bunch of serious charges on a person to, and then say, well, if you plead guilty, we'll reduce the charges. We'll throw out that charge. And, you know, and they try to get you to a uh, plea bargain. And then, you know, unfortunately, as we've seen here recently, uh, Waylon with the, um, non-indictments 
of the cops who killed Eric Gardner, Michael Brown. Uh, we could go on and on and name plenty of victims from 2014 alone. And, but, you know. Right. And Scotty, also to the, um, young indigenous man, Alan Locke in, uh, Rapid City. They just, um, the police just issued a statement in his case saying that they were not going to prosecute. So I think it's important to bring that up as well. Um, in regards to the whole, you know, Native Lives Matter piece. And uh, mm-hmm. that Allen was actually at a rally uh, less than, and then less than 28 hours later, he was murdered in, um, you know, in his home state and then his community. And, so, and, and thank you for bringing it up, Sister yeah. Amijo, because, you know, oppre- historically oppressed people in this land, we have more in common than not, especially when it comes to a common oppressor and you know i would just like to see some more uh unity along those lines what are your thoughts on that Waylon? Exactly. you know we got to come together uh, you know they love it that uh you know it's not a big big um everybody come together fight you know but uh it's getting there and um you know that's what they don't want us to see. they don't want to see our people come together and i think we, we have to because a lot of a lot of the ones that are fighting for their, their rights and uh especially uh natives that are fighting for sacred places a lot of them uh, they don't have the resources that, you know, and you can bet that every fight that we're in is uh, against big money. And, and a lot of them that are fighting against places, it's all in people, you know, you're fighting big money, copper bonds, casinos, so they got the money. Right. So, Waylon, can you explain a little bit about, um, I guess, the history of what that uh, preservation the Graves Preservation Act is supposed to be. I know um, I just learned that uh, Sister Jackie Taylor was involved in the uh, Change the Name, Change the Mascot, that actually one of her relatives, I think one of her aunties, was uh, a key leader in creating that uh, Graves Preservation um, legislation. Yeah. The sad thing about um, uh, our case is it's another tribe, and uh, everything changes whenever you're dealing with a, a group that's sovereign. And um, mm-hmm. we have been in front of NACPRA, and they, you know, told us straight up that they can't help us, you know, even though that's what they're there for. And a lot of these agencies, Park Service, uh, BIA, you know, with them being sovereign, it's, it's through a wrench in, the, in our, in our, uh, you know, if it was if this was Walmart or Home Depot or something like that, we'd have everybody backing it. But the fact that it's a tribe that has a lot of money and knows where to put it, I mean, they donate big money everywhere we go. They've been there, and they know how to use their money. You know, they're uh, they're, the, they're the highest. Um, what do you call that? Prosperous tribe. Uh, uh, you know, year by year, they've been that way for a while. They they uh, own the the market on gambling and, and only only tribe in Alabama. Uh, they're, they're venturing into Florida. They got offshore oil wells. They got you know high rises in Florida, dog track, race track. They got a lot of money, and there's not very many of them. There's a, there's like twelve thousand, but only three thousand are on the roads because they don't want to. And that's a big fight going on there now. Is the leaders and the ones that are in there don't want the rest to be on the road because then their, you know, twenty-seven thousand dollar a year birthday check goes down, or their monthly per cap, you know, they get it also goes down. So you know, that's a big fight there. But yeah, and, and recently I just seen an article. And, um, but I had known the fight was going on long before then. And, and, and the Cherokee Nation tribe, you know, has expelled the, uh, descendants of the African, uh, slaves that they had held. A lot of people don't know about that. Um, but, yeah. but, you know, they have just recently expelled them for that very reason that you just spoke about. Had you heard about that? 
Oh yeah, I talked to a lot of the ones that are fighting that. Um, uh, a lot of the freedmen and uh, all my friends. Um, and uh, you know, I thought you know, I think that's wrong. You know. You know, I came up with a term to it to explain that. And like when you said, you know, it's a shame that it took um, some white people and some black people on your jury to show, you know, the porch being tribe how to be, you know, uh, uh, natives, you know, to act like indigenous people. But I came up with a term because it's certainly not unique to, to you know, situations between indigenous tribes, but as well as, you know, other non-white groups. Uh, where we have people who look like us, have our same, share the same ancestors, but yet, you know, they, they practice injustice against their own. So I came up with a term called proxy racism, where they are practicing racism as the proxies of our common oppressor. Would you say that's a accurate, uh, term? Yes. Sister Medium. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's no real other way to, you know, put it. And, you know, even I've seen some of the pictures that, you know, Waylon and other people, you know, have posted of, you know, tribal leaders and things like that. And then the question, you know, is, and, and I've said the same thing with, with other people that, if reparations came down the pipe tomorrow for, um, you know, black African-American people, would there be, you know, white people jumping on the band and chopping at the bit for some money as well? And I'd like to actually do some research on fraud and the fraud applications and the fraudulent tribal documents so where some people are, you know, trying to get land and trying to have affiliations um, through various different indigenous communities in order to engage in, you know, a deeper level of, you know, constant suppression and oppression of um, indigenous peoples and rights and, and land. You know, um, I think that that's, you know, I mean, it's I've, I've heard many situations of, you know, people, um, you know, just being on tribal roads, like Waylon had said, that, you know, they're, they're, they're bankrolling while, you know, other people get, you know, expelled, you know, here or there based on whatever their lineage or community uh, associations are. Um, and a lot of people like to refer to it as a uh, paper, paper genocide. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Now, Waylon, um, I have linked uh, in our program for tonight, the uh, program, description and it'll also be posted to our blog but i've linked to the website savehickoryground.org and so the fight still continues doesn't it yeah we, we have um i mean you know this we got a clean slate now so uh, i do at least and uh um you know uh we got a, a federal lawsuit right now that's been pending you know for a few years now with um uh, in alabama against the porch band my my ground and my tribe to put back the remains back where, you know, we don't want no money. Our, uh, laws through ask for zero amount of money. You know, uh, we, we, they've, they've offered us big money. I mean, we, I could be a millionaire right now if I wanted to be, but I, I would never accept a dime off of my ancestors, you know, remains or any, anything like that. And, um, we're still waiting on the judge. Um, my attorney, which is, uh, which is also, also my attorney on my case the other day is, uh, Bill Bashley. 
I don't know if anybody's aware of him. He's, he's the one uh, became a attorney general in 1970 and uh, indicted the KKK over the church burnings in Alabama. Uh, that was his lifetime dream to become attorney general. And he was only 20 something years old and became attorney general in 1970. And two weeks into office, he indicted the KKK um, on them charges. And um, that's, that's pretty much the reason I picked him. And uh, so he, he's real, real aware of uh, civil rights issues and stuff like that. And, um, um, but, you know, he, he just, you know, we can't understand what's taking the judge so long. We have our judge, his name is Judge Thomas. And um, uh, uh, Bill Baxley uh, appointed him as the first black assistant attorney general in Alabama whenever he became attorney general. But I can't understand why he hasn't, you know, ruled. Uh, when we filed the lawsuit, it was before they started construction. Mm-hmm. And now the casino is up and running, you know, so he didn't stop it. So, so wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. So make sure that I'm overstanding you correctly. So y'all have filed the lawsuit and it went to the judge. And so what you're, you're waiting on the judge's decision. And this has been going on for how long he's been, been procrastinating. Well, it's been over two years, probably close to three now. I'm sure right. I, I can't remember the exact time we filed it, but, uh, oh, I got it. Uh, it's been pretty close to, it's been over two years. And no, no word. We had one meeting with him on the phone. Uh, our attorneys did, and uh, you know, not, not much progress out of that. It almost seemed like he hadn't even read the um, the uh, uh, lawsuit the way he talked. And uh, that was about a year and a half ago. And we said we'd hear something soon. We still haven't heard that. And hopefully, he's waiting on all these other cases also that are kind of similar to ours, so they can build a case against him. That's what we're hoping. But you know, to take this long, you know. They, they 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 kept building and uh, got the casino up in on in that two years and um, we see they stopped it. But wow, wow, that's just uh really really sad to hear. So Waylon, um, before we get ready to wrap it up with you, uh, those listeners, those who will uh listen later to the podcast, is there anything that anybody who might be inclined to uh assist you all? Um, what what can they do? What would you recommend that they do? Uh, is the website kept up to date, or what would you recommend they do? You can also, you know, safehickerground.org, of course, um, spread that spread that news. Uh, you can call the, you know, your the Alabama legislators, congressmen, to tell them what you think about this. Um, we come to mayor. Um, you can get on Safe Hicker Ground on Facebook or Sacred is Sacred Group on Facebook. Uh, and, and share some of the posts that we put up about the situation and just spread the word. You know, right now it's about, about the best we can have people do for us. Um, you know, it's a shame that, you know, in, in America today, you know, our, our people, you know, it is, we're not the only case. There's, there's a dozen cases just like ours, pretty similar, except it's not another tribe, it's a developer. But, you know, you go dig up any other race of people and you would be, you, you would you would go to prison or jail and uh, be be uh, charged with crimes and you'd, uh, you'd be you'd be shamed all over the media, uh, in which you should be. But you know, in America, you can dig up natives and you get a PhD and an award. You know, and uh, I think it's a shame. You know, uh, they should all be protected, not just natives. All races, all sacred lands of all people, all over the world, all over the world, should be protected. I I, I would agree with that. Unfortunately. 
something similar has been uh, occurring with some of the enslaved African old cemeteries, uh, particularly mm-hmm. in the Philadelphia uh, area. Um, I, I know mm-hmm. Michael Cord and uh, the people with uh, Avenge the Ancestors, you know, they have been putting out information about that as well. And, and so that's just, you know, it seems to be happening more than people know. And that's just crazy. There's just total mm-hmm. disrespect. Uh, people cultures. Sorry, they would never dig up the Arlington Cemetery and do something like this. Right, right, exactly. And it can all be expected in that aspect. Mm-hmm. I know there was a case recently where a white man peed on the grave of somebody, and he went to jail. He oh. went to jail. I think it was. Do you remember what? It, I can't remember who it was. I don't know. It was somebody like in football or a team or somebody who had passed a famous sports person. And this person was accused of peeing on her grave and they went to jail for grave desecration. Yeah, they should. You know, something like that is disrespect. I want to say, though, real quick also that uh, we're starting, we're getting ready to have this big tour. Uh, John Trudell and a lot of Native artists are coming in, uh, starting off at uh, March 21st at Southwest by Southwest in, in Austin. John Trudell is going to be performing there with a few other acts, uh, Native acts, but there'll be hundreds from international groups all over. And um, it's for remember, remembering the ancestors. And then we're going to be doing one in Tulsa with uh, uh, Bunky Echo Hawk, Cody Blackbird, uh, who won you know the award, the Native American Music um, Awards, uh, top award. But uh we're fixing to, uh, after that, we'll be going to Minneapolis to bring awareness, you know, to not only our sacred lands and burials, but to teen suicides on reservations, you know, life on reservations. Um, and just like, you know, the things that made of people and all races, you know, that uh, minorities face, you know. Um, pretty sad situation here, you know. American dream, Native nightmare, American dream, you know. It's just bad situation. Yeah, but, um, you know, as long as we got good people like yourself, um, that are willing to take up the fight, you know, then there's always going to be hope, in my opinion. We can never give up no matter what the opposition looks like. And so I admire you um, a whole lot, Waylon, for taking a stand that you have taken. There's a bunch of it. Never surrender. Most definitely. All right, Waylon, well, peace and blessings to you, man. And we're going to try to do more to keep up with this story. And, of course, you got Sister Amigo's, uh contact information. Is there any updates that y'all would like for us to get out through our networks? Uh, don't don't hesitate to send them along, okay? All right, I appreciate you guys. Keep up the good fight, too. We will. We will. You Thank have you. a good night, sir. Bye-bye. All right, that was uh, Mr. Waylon Gray. Did you have any thoughts on what we just heard, Sister Mija? Um, I think it's important, as Waylon said, there are um, many sacred site defenders around the country, and it's important for people to understand that, that um, there are um, many situations that you're not that nobody is going to hear about in the mainstream media. It's going to be, you know, um, from the communities, from the person, from the family, in alternative media. I know right now one of the other uh, sacred night sacred sites is uh, Snowbow, and in Snowbow, um, our sacred site defender over there is Brother Clee Benali, and. Um, 
Brother Klee has also um, been arrested for um, fighting um, for the sacred site of Snowball, where they are actually, the city is taking Scotty, um, for lack of a better term, um, wastewater, and they are using the wastewater to make fake snow. Um, mm. So this is considered a major desecration to the land for them to take um, this water. Um, and the reason why I would say wastewater, it is exactly what it is. Our wastewater, um, urine, feces, um, they're taking this, uh, wastewater and using it to make fake snow. And they are dumping it all over the land for it to be used for commercial purposes. And when they continue to keep doing that, it's going to obviously um, upset the balance and destroy the land and the, the environment and that sacred territory. Um, so that's in the ongoing battle as well as recently um, there's a great land theft taking place um, and it was they kind of like the U.S. government slid it in on a recent bill to where they're going to be stealing. Um, they've basically stolen a track of Apache land um, in the southwest and communities are fighting back. But once again, people are not hearing about that in the mainstream media. Um, there's people that have been talking about it. There's been putting out information. Um, and the same thing with Keystone XO. You know, um, Obama's claiming that um, he's going to veto um, when the bill, you know, comes to him that people have been voting on. Um, but if that is, you know, driven through, um, additionally, that would be additional indigenous land sold and polluted. And, you know, once you destroy certain things like the Ovalala Aquifer, um, you know, natural ground waters, once you poison them, that's it. That's you know, right. this yeah. is, you know, sacred territory, sacred grounds, you know, sacred communities. And once you destroy this, you can't, it's not something you can fix. It's not something that you can fix. Um, I had mentioned uh, Philadelphia in terms of uh, mm -hmm. African sacred burial grounds. What we, Correct. Um, they're, um, Again, attorney Michael Cord, um, he is also a Philly magazine contributor. He also hosts a radio program on WURD and a good right. Facebook friend of mine. I've interviewed him a couple of times over the years. Uh, but they had, he along with others in Philadelphia had been leading, uh, the charge because of Philadelphia. They had built a playground over right. over uh, a cemetery a private cemetery that was uh started in 1810 and uh was right. used up until 1864 and it contains some of the remains of of uh let me see ignatius beck who helped construct the u.s capitol in 1789 abolitionists sarah bass allen and civil rights pioneer carolyn lecount 
uh, 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 among numerous black civil war, uh, veterans are buried at this site. So, uh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. Well, the, the ignorance is that the city of Philadelphia was claiming that they had put the playground over top of it as a way of supposedly protecting it. Like, wow. like that just made absolutely no sense to me that you would supposedly encapsulate these graves by putting the playground over top of them versus actually really protecting them and doing what you needed to do to protect these graves of these ancestors. You know, um, Philadelphia is, is one site. I know in Richmond, there's a situation in Richmond where they actually wanted to dig up African ancestors and um, create a, a sports complex. Um, right. And, what, and didn't they, it have something to do with a, a school up there, one of the universities? Um, I'm not sure, but I know that there, in this one situation, it was a matter of creating a brand new sports complex mm-hmm. in um, the Richmond area. And um, this is happening more and more. I know here in Maryland, because we did not have any recognized tribes, um, there was, you know, constant, uh, and with road construction, um, you know, there was a situation where, um, obviously a sacred burial site was, was exposed and, um, those ancestors, um, taken from their resting place and, um, without, you know, any laws to, you know, protect, um, such a sacred site. Um, it wasn't anything that the community could do to, you know, fight back. And it's unfortunate, you know, that that has to be, you know, constant, you know, constant laws on the book to say this and to say that rather than people just realize, you know what, you just don't do that, you know. Um, why does there, you know, the fact that you need to have a law to explain to somebody that's just not something that you do, right. you know. Um, would you do that to your grandmother? Would you do that to, you know, your your grandfathers or, you know, even your children? You but, know, that's but come on, sis, come on now. Right. Come on. We're right. talking about the descendants of people who, who try to wipe out, you know, right, exactly. indigenous tribes and enslaved uh, plenty of Africans, you know, right. and, and killed them. So there's them. no respect. There was no yeah. respect before, and there's less respect beyond the grave. Exactly. So, Still um, victimizing them while they're right. uh, in their so-called final resting place. That's just it. Exactly. Just goes to get to tell you uh, what a bunch of sociopaths and <laughs> we live among, and so that's just tragic, you know. So yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, we're talking about indigenous people, but again, what does all this have to do? with political prisoners. Well, Waylon almost became a political prisoner uh, behind this. And like, you know, he wasn't the only one arrested. And we have people out there who are fighting, you know, again, to preserve the final resting place of our ancestors and, and getting arrested, getting charged with things. And, and so we consider them to be political prisoners or, or potential, you know, political prisoners. And so, you know, it, it's just always good 
when we could come on this program and report some good news for exchange and for change. And so it was certainly good news to uh, hear that uh, Waylon Gray, you know, a jury uh, found him innocent of all charges. So that was that was just great. I was when you told me that today, I was like, you got to mm-hmm. see if you can get him on. And I'm glad that he was able to take time out to uh, come on now. Right. We do want to change gears here, but we want to stick to the subject of the uh, oppression of indigenous people. I'm going to take a short break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about uh, the the, uh, Hawaiians who held a protest or commemoration of the theft of their nation by the United States of America. And I first learned this story years ago, uh, how they kidnapped the queen uh, forced her to uh, 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 sign over, sign these documents, turning over the land. Uh, people may have heard of Bob Dole, the former senator that once ran for president. Um, he married Elizabeth Dole, and uh, I think she actually ran for Senate uh, here in North Carolina at one time, where they got a big old pineapple plantation over there in Hawaii. Uh, you know, Dole pineapples, don't buy them. All right, boycott them. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, sugar plantations, all, all of this, all these plantation owners, uh, with help from the United States Marines, uh, were able to, uh, steal Hawaii. And, and, and the question is, is Hawaii even a legal state? So I'm going to take a short break. And then when I come back, I'm going to play a clip, a news clip of that. And, um, you know, we can give some commentary on it if we like. Um, I also got a clip from Mumia, uh, who recently, uh, spoke, uh, at a conference. Well, he spoke via pre-recorded, uh, audio, of course. And, uh, so yeah, we got, we got a lot more to, uh, talk about. And we got some political prisoner news and upcoming events that Sister Amija was going to share with you. So y'all stay tuned. Uh, you're listening to Political Prisoner Radio. We broadcast every Sunday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Black Talk Radio Network and uh, in Greenville, South Carolina on WMXP. Stay tuned. Tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back. As I stated, um, I wanted to share this news clip uh, where uh, Hawaiians are commemorating the day that their land was stolen so uh, again people just don't realize that uh many of these places uh that the united states is still and get very much engaged in colonialism uh we have had you know talked about political prisoners puerto rican nationalists um you know the fact that puerto rico is a colonized uh island and the same goes for hawaii so let me go ahead and uh cue this up KITV4's Roger Mari has more on the commemoration of the day Queen Liliuokalani was forced to relinquish her power in Hawaii. Roger. 
Well, Andrew, for many Hawaiians, January 17th is not a day of celebration, but a day to remind people that the Kingdom of Hawaii still exists. The day started with a march from Mauna Ala in Nu'uanu, ending at Iolani Palace. Dozens from various organizations come together in solidarity to honor Queen Liliuokalani and many others of the royal household. It was in 1893 that this palace became property of another nation. They were here to back a group of insurgents that wanted to take over the Hawaiian Kingdom government and who were successful because of the United States intervention. They make their way to the statue of their queen and drape her with lei. It's a way of paying tribute and to letting her know that those who still believe in the Hawaiian Kingdom will continue to protest the taking of their land. The Hawaiian Kingdom still exists and we are its nationals, we are its subjects that are still around and that we still are pressing for justice. While many are sympathetic to their cause, they also believe that there could be a more effective way to reach out to more people as they voice their concerns. I think if we could work with everyone, this will become an issue that um, will get more, the Hawaiians will get, become more sympathized by different people and uh, more support from different people. Much of the groundwork that has been laid over the last few years are now, are now going to probably be uh, uh, coming to a head. And we expect some international events to occur, uh, some international breakthroughs, as well as some things on the local level. It's a way for these organizations to sound off about how they feel about the state of the Hawaiian nation and to show everyone the steps they're taking to reclaim the Hawaiian Islands. The U.S. Department of the Interior held a series of statewide meetings last year to discuss Native Hawaiian recognition. It could take up to seven months to review all the testimonies. At that time, a decision might be made on whether or not to proclaim Hawaii as a self-governing entity. All right, so uh, that was a clip from one of the news stations there in Hawaii. And I want to read this this uh, statement uh, that was made by one of my Facebook friends, uh, Kahala Lei Azuma Maui. Um, and it says, it's about time the U.S. goes back to its own country. Act 359 gives us our right to choose which government to acknowledge as Kanaka Maloi. President Clinton apologized for the injustices done to my people via public law 103-150. President Cleveland founded of the U.S. guilty and demanded recourse in the Blount reports. All evidence proves that we are not legally a state and that the same U.S. who commits genocide against 564-plus Red Nations and African Americans until this very day continues to violate my kingdom. You got any thoughts, sis, on that? Oh, I have a whole lot of thoughts. <laughs> um, I mean, it was like, you know, several things that you just said. You know, uh, there's another you know, uh, island, another community, um, annexed exactly the way, um, you know, uh, they're trying to continuously annex, uh, Puerto Rico and, and other territories, you know, um, even after the Spanish American war, you know, the U.S. took, uh, uh, Cuba, Guam, Puerto Rico and the Philippines. And there's a lot of different U.S. territories that, you know, um, people don't learn about like, the American, in their history um, and 
Yeah. American you know, Samoa they, is one. Right. Um, right. Right. U.S. Virgin Oceana, Islands. The, right. Right. All through Oceania and, you know, other surrounding um, indigenous communities and islands um, within certain perimeters of the United States um, have been held under, you know, U.S. oppression and used as um, territories in the other colonized. And never do, you know, uh, we hear about what's happening um, on, you know, those islands and in those territories and the oppression that the people are dealing with from the United States government. Um, young people, I mean, you barely hear about certain things in history, but the only thing that you might hear about is the Spanish-American War and the U.S. won certain territories that supposedly spoils of the war with Spain. But you never go beyond that in understanding that, you know, Cuba fought off U.S. colonization and there's yet to be, you know, um, various revolutions and people. I mean, people are fighting for independence for, from the U.S. Um, all across the world. And the average U.S. citizen, the average, average person doesn't know that, you know, and not um, understanding and not um you know, making connections um, with those, you know, with those struggles. There's so much things that we can do, you know, together to support each other, um, to fend off, um, you know, that's more than, you know, 500 years of uh, resistance in history here. Um, I know that some of the political prisoners that Jericho supports, I know we support the uh, Virgin Island Five. And people who have, you know, fought for the independence of the Virgin Islands from the United States. And most people are not even going to be familiar, you know, with those cases of uh, the Virgin Island fought. Um, so we need to, we, there's a lot of work that we need to do um, across the board to um, offer support and, and to reach out, especially to, you know, um, the, the communities of uh, Oceania that are being colonized by the United States. Couldn't agree with you more, sis. Um, there's nothing I could add to what you just said. You pretty much covered it, except to reiterate that um, we have a lot of in common with other oppressed people, whether it's in uh, main, the mainland, as they call, you know, where we are, um, um, the Hawaiians, they say the mainland. And so, you know, um, then, like I mentioned, American Samoa, um, you mentioned, uh, some of the other islands and, and we have a lot in common. We have a lot in common and I support, um, you know, us forming alliances alone right. at common ground. Right. I mean, we all got a right. common oppressor. Right. And, and Scotty, another thing is that believe it or not, and I found this out the other day and it just kind of really struck me and let me just know like how ignorant I was that Hawaii has a huge prison population. Yes. And it does. who do you think? is majority of the Hawaiian prison population, indigenous Hawaiian people. Indigenous you know. Hawaiians, Samoans, mm -hmm. Filipinos, mm -hmm. um, yep. all, let's just say non-white people. Right. So, yeah. Um, the president's uh, mother, uh, his grandmother that he talked about, who is a uh, racist, um, who clutches her purse every time a black man walks past her, all colonizers, colonizers, okay? And so, you know, people just need to um, uh, 
educate themselves on the history and stop just allowing your children to be brainwashed by, uh, you know, whatever your school district is brainwashing them with, whatever curriculum. We have to educate outside of, you know, the indoctrination centers, as I like to call them. Right, and I just wanted to reiterate that the Kingdom of Hawaii was sovereign until 1810, and uh, from 1810 until 1893, when the monarchy was overthrown by uh, Europeans uh, and an American businessman, and Hawaii was an independent uh, republic from 1894 until August 12, 1898, when it became an official territory of the United States, ratified as a state and only 1959 Scotty it was only ratified as a state in 1959 mm. officially mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was only ratified as an official territory state in 1959 I mean that that goes along that coincides with the Cuban revolution doesn't it right mm-hmm and a lot of African uh, countries were fighting for their independence, African people. So um, the struggle continues. That's all I can say is the struggle continues. Uh, we'll take another short break. And when we come back, I, I want to uh, play this clip of Mumia Abu-Jamal speaking at the Rosa Luxembourg Conference uh, for this year. This was uh, here recently and then um after we listen to listen to that um if um sister mejo has any commentary she would like to share but we do want to get to some of the upcoming uh political prisoner events so stay tuned we'll be right back on the other side this is political prisoner radio uh broadcasting every sunday at nine o'clock p.m eastern time you can find uh archives of all our podcasts in several places uh black talk radio network.com political prisoner radio dot we're also uh distribute the program on stitcher and itunes as well so uh yeah you can find us also on facebook political prisoner radio y'all stay tuned we'll be right back This is Brother Elliot, host of Time for an Awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium.
the response of social media and the youth themselves. They are thus unmediated and unfiltered by political parties. They are independent of these parties and thus able to frame their issues in their own voices, in their own words. Thus we see and hear chants such as, hands up, don't shoot, I can't breathe, jail killer cops, and the like. No traditional political party, beholden to their funders and backers, would dare make such chants. But none of this would be happening without Ferguson, Missouri. It was a stark, unblinking illustration of the repression of the armed state against the fury of unarmed black youth. It showed us how sniper rifles and automatic weapons and even armored personnel carriers, urban tanks, couldn't stop people who were determined to march against police repression. Those images flashed around the country and the world in many protests in nearly 200 cities. It broke through the illusion that had been promoted by the media and the political class that America was a post-racial society. It showed the impotence of black politicians to make the lives of average black people more free
yeah, that was um, our uh, brother, Mumia Abu-Jamal, uh, speaking via uh, pre-recorded audio at the uh, Rosa Luxemburg conference uh just a bit of information about it um that is put on by the rosa luxembourg foundation which is a german nonprofit research foundation associated with the left party the organization was founded in berlin in 1990 as the social analysis and political education association it is named after the marxist theorist and revolutionary rosa Luxembourg. It considers itself as part of the political movement for democratic socialism, a discussion forum for political alternatives, and a center for socialist ideals and research both in Germany and throughout the world. Okay, so I just wanted to uh, give y'all some background information on this conference that um, uh, Momil, you just heard him uh, give them uh, an address telling them about, you know, uh, the plight of black people in the United States. And it, see, that's one of the reasons that uh, Pennsylvania wants to shut down the work of prison radio that wants to silence the voice of Mumia Abu-Jamal, as in, well, October is when they passed the Silencing Act, okay, uh, which wants to take away the free speech rights of Mumia as well as other prisoners. And not only while they are in prison, but if we are lucky enough to free our brothers and sisters, uh, they still want to punish them, you know, if they speak out on injustice. Uh, Sister Mijo, uh, let me see if I got you. I, I believe I have you unmuted. Uh, you got any thoughts? So, um, um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of goes back to the situation last week where we were talking about how heavy-handed the system became with uh, Brother Bill Dunn. Mm -hmm. for, um, you know, continuously being involved and wanting to write and express um, how much he wants to um, change the society and make it a, a just world, you know, for everyone. So you're further, um, you know, you're politicizing his incarceration by saying that you know, he can't have connections or relations with, while people, you know, are on the inside that, you know, you can't be a part of Full Struggle magazine and you can't have contact with, you know, a prisoner support group, which is, you know, it's beyond, it's, it's beyond ridiculous and how, um, heavy handed and oppressive the system is and how it, uh, treats, um, our political prisoners. Um, and one of the other things that actually came out recently, um, down in Florida, I don't know if you saw the newspaper articles about how, um, more than 347 inmates, um, have been murdered by Florida Correctional Officers. Oh, yeah. You know, we've um, been covering yeah. that on New Abolitionist Radio yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. We just interviewed <laughs> George Mallinckrodt who was mm -hmm. a, um, a mental health professional working in the system. And uh, mm -hmm. witnessed a lot of abuse of prisoners, and he wrote a book about Daryl Rainey, who was a Florida prisoner who was boiled to death in a shower stall by guards. Literally mm -hmm. boiled to death, okay? Think about that, people. And so, yeah. I, um, I, it, well, and, and it goes back to, you know, the recent murder of Phil Africa right. from the Move family that just 
you know, it, it breaks my heart. It makes me, you know, sick to my stomach. Um, and then claiming that was unspecified natural causes. Mm-hmm. Um, what is unspecified natural causes? Like, you know, um, when you break unspecified, uh, what is unspecified? So if it's unspecified, how can you say that it's a natural cause? And what about nature causes death? There's nothing about nature that causes death. And I mean, it's beyond, um, it's, it's despicable. It's disgusting. Um, the types of, you know, medical neglect and the things that, you know, guards are doing, um, behind the walls and the things that, you know, we can't see. I know I'm actually working on a research project here in Baltimore and I'm working with an attorney to get information about, you know, the last five years, you know, what's happened in the state of Maryland. You know, it's what we never, those things that we never hear about unless families and, you know, other prisoners fight and their voices are actually, you know, heard. And, you know, thank goodness that we have, um, you know, some activists and organizers on the you know, inside and outside that are, are, are working together and we got to continue to, um, keep building, um, you know, those relationships and not allowing, um, the walls to separate us from each other. And, um, you know, there's always that chant out here, brick by brick, wall by wall, you know, um, we're going to free Mumia Abu Jamal. And it's the same thing, you know, with, with our prisoners and the whole entire fight against uh, mass incarceration. We've got to break this system down. Um, you know? and, and again, it is very important um, that people, uh, you can go to prisonradio.org and you'll find mm-hmm. some information there in terms of this lawsuit. Um, I published some uh, press release as well from the Amistad Law Center, who has also taken up, the, you know, uh, taken up the case as well as some others. Um, so it's very important. This is very important. The Silencing Act in Pennsylvania, um, it shouldn't pass cust- uh, constitutional muster. But again, you know, uh, when you live in a country where people break their own laws, where torturers, uh, while they're being said to have tortured people and it's against the law, aren't being prosecuted. So, you know, if that is allowed to stand, I can see uh, this being duplicated across the nation in other states. And again, this is to silence prisoners and, and, and even keep them silent once they get out. You know, and there's some some. Right. And that's one of the things that a lot of our political prisoners are facing, that when they come out in many situations, they're given a multitude of stipulations where they can't be in a space with other people who have been defined as political prisoners or who have, you know, uh, are on probation um, or they can't speak to other people. There's all these different, very bizarre and draconian, um, fascist um, type um how do you put it, um, stipulations placed upon um, people yeah, while they're, and, yeah, and restrictions placed upon people, you know, um, when they come out. Um, and it shouldn't, you know, obviously we all agree it shouldn't be like that. 
And and one more thing, sis, before you get to some of the updates that you want to share of the upcoming events. Um, Speaking of, I I don't know if you use this word, absurdity, um, the Charlie Mm -hmm. Hebdo thing, you know, that a lot Mm -hmm. of people still continue to talk about, uh, rightly so, okay, and um, about around the broader issue of free speech. I've been engaged in a lot of writing Mm -hmm. about free speech here lately. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, I will continue, uh, talking about that issue. Um, this coming week, I have a couple of guests, um, mm-hmm. coming on. Uh, one of them is a writer for the Daily Caller. Um, and he has an opposing view to mine, and hopefully we can get him nailed down for a date. But then we got Clemson student, a student from Clemson, who is leading the charge to change the name of this building on campus named after a racist, white supremacist, uh, and a vow, virulent racist, white supremacist, and, and also, you know, about on Yeah, these- actually, our, um, our, uh, sibling radio station, um, I know, brother, um, oh, um, the name Lorenzo was, was fighting about, um, a situ, uh, another, a, a monument, I believe it's in Tennessee. Yeah, there's to, a monument to, uh, yeah. Nathan Bedford Forrest, uh, uh right. guy credited with starting the KKK. But also what right. they're dealing with on Clemson, uh, they, you know, you had some of the white students have a Crip must party, Crip as in gang, the gangs, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, dressing up right. in stereotypical dress. Um, right. you know, we've heard about these kids on campus wearing blackface. And it's a, and that's an expression of speech and people are trying to say it's protected, but it's, it's right. actually non-verbally slurring somebody, you know? Right. Well, it's, it's right. And it's the same thing that, you know, people within the indigenous community as well as other supporters would say that's the same thing as the Washington football team and other folks engaging in red face, uh, racist. Uh, behavior toward indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's one thing that, you know, we had talked about earlier. Um, and it's ongoing, even though, um, the season ended, um, the battle to fight against, uh, you know, to change the name and change the mascot is, you know, um, is still flourishing and, um, you know, people are, are organizing, uh, while, um, you know, this season is coming. Um, you know, to an end, um, I, I guess we'll be going towards, um, the, the Super Bowl. I know people are gearing up to, um, I guess another ad is going to be aired, um, towards, uh, uh, during the Super Bowl. But before we end, I just wanted to, um, mention that, uh, Puerto Rican political prisoner, Norberto Claudio came home, uh, on the 15th to a huge, uh, uh, welcome home, um, on the island of Puerto Rico. And unfortunately, um, one of the Puerto Rican nationalists, fierce, uh, woman fighter, um, um, Isabella, um, she passed at, uh, 107 years old, um, this week. So I think it's um, important and out of respect that uh, we acknowledge 
um, her sacrifice and uh, potentially we'll be able to uh, talk more um, about her next week. And one of our previous uh, speakers that we had on, um, Melissa, Sister Melissa out of New York, was doing a documentary um, on um, Isabel. So hopefully she'll be able to come back on and share some more information with us. Um, we had, there was a big political prisoner um, family dinner yesterday um, hosted by the Malcolm X Commemoration Committee in New York. And uh, January 31st, there will be a celebration of the life of South Africa um, hosted by uh, the, the family in, in Philadelphia. So that's, that's all I have. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, as we get ready to wrap up the program, we want to thank each and uh, everyone who tuned in tonight. Uh, of course, we want to thank Waylon Gray uh, to come to come on and share the good news with us that um, he won his jury trial. And so he won't be a political prisoner behind bars. And so that was certainly good news to hear from him on that. And, of course, we will be back on air next Sunday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Political Prisoner Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network, as well as uh, down there on the community radio station, WMXP. And uh, we'll be back. Y'all stay safe out here. Uh, Conduct yourselves as if you are behind enemy lines, because you are. Uh, that That should be evident that we live in a war zone. Uh, people getting shot down in the streets every day. New slaves are captured by the uh, slave catching police. And so, you know, people need to wake up to the reality that is our existence in the United States of America and all of its colonies, you know, and people are standing up and fighting back. All right. Peace and blessings to all until next week.